to 10-Minute Tech Talk. This is Ryan Weber at the University of Alabama at Huntsville. I often find it challenging to explain topic-based authoring, so today I've brought in an expert who can help us with this concept. My name is Jennifer Morris, and I'm a product evangelist here at Madcap Software. Today I'll talk with Jennifer about what topic-based authoring is and strategies that technical communicators can use to put it into practice. Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. We really appreciate you talking with us today about topic-based authoring. And I guess to get started, if you could just define what topic-based authoring is. Sure. Well, thanks so much, Ryan. So topic-based authoring is the approach of writing content in a granular, modular format. And so these granular bits are simply called topics. So a topic is simply a chunk of information about a particular subject. It generally has an identifiable purpose, and it's something that can stand on its own. And so if we compare this with a tool like maybe Microsoft Word, you know, even Google Docs or FrameMaker, those are linear-based authoring tools. So you essentially start at the beginning of the document or the chapter, and you write until the end. So topic-based authoring, the way that works is it just gives authors the ability to work on much more granular content. And I do want to point out that even though authoring in topics is a different approach than authoring in a linear fashion, it isn't that different from how one may be used to using Microsoft Word or Frame. So I'll give you a quick example. So if you think of that long policy manual or that long procedure manual or that reference guide, let's say it's made up of six chapters. Well, it already has six granularity points built into it. But if we look at, say, chapter three, now chapter three, maybe it has two procedures and two reference sections. That's one more level of granularity. And that's really all we're doing with a topic-based approach. We're going to take those two procedures and those two reference sections that make up the entirety of chapter three, and we're going to break them out as standalone files. And those standalone files are going to be topics. Now, there's no real rule as to how long a topic needs to be, but as I mentioned above, it should be something that has an identifiable purpose and it should be able to stand on its own. So if I want to make a PDF policy and procedure manual that just includes those two procedures and those two reference topics, because that's what my audience needs, then I simply grab those two topics and stick them together like little Legos. And now I have a new document. They are literally like little Lego bricks. So at the same time, maybe I want to create a searchable and navigable intranet site that just has procedures in it. Well, then I can grab all of my procedure topics and link them together and publish them in an online output rather than PDF. And maybe that lives on a company intranet or a web server somewhere that's protected. So by modularizing our content like this, we're not adding any extra work, but we're just adding more flexibility in how we can reuse this content in the future. So each of these topics then are, like you said, they're modules, they're little chunks of information that are designed to stand alone. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. Because if they're if they're designed properly and if they are able to stand on their own without any other kind of, you know, reference material to make them useful, we can reuse them much easier. And rearrange you were talking about kind of putting them in different places or reordering them or, or putting different topics together based exactly. on audience. Yeah, it just becomes, we want to get to a place where we're sort of on a publish on demand type of system, which makes things really easy. Great. Well, you've already spoken to this a little bit, but how does then this process of topic-based authoring 
differ from your more conventional writing, your, you know, sitting down and, and sure. putting the entire chapter in Word. Right. So I'll kind of use Word as a quick comparison since most folks are familiar with that. The challenge with Microsoft Word is that the very things that make it so easy for us to use are the things that get in the way of content reuse. So that's because when you're working in Microsoft Word, you're actually doing three things at once. And it's interesting because it's not something that we often think about because for most of us, it's become second nature. And what we're doing is we're writing all of our content, but we're also embedding all of the formatting of that content. What are the fonts look like? What's our spacing? What are the colors? So all of that's getting put into the document. And the last thing is we're defining the overall scope of the document. And what do I mean by scope? Well, if I'm writing a training manual in Microsoft Word, it's always going to be a training manual. If I'm writing an installation guide in Microsoft Word uh, or in Google Docs, it's always going to be an installation guide. So essentially what that document is gets baked right in. So as a result, there isn't this great content reuse model. So the, the typical thing you would do in Microsoft Word, maybe you need a derivative of, of that training manual, is to do a save as and make a copy. Because maybe you have an audience that needs that training manual, but some of that content needs to be removed because they don't need it. But again, 80% of the content is identical between these two training manuals. So if there's any future edits, now you have to remember to make edits in both of these documents. And so that may be a little bit inconvenient, but maybe you can deal with, you know, one version of this training manual to maintain. But the big problem happens if you have to do this exercise of saving as more than once, because, you know, again, your audiences may change slightly, and there may be a lot of things from that initial document that these different audiences can reuse. So in Word, you have to constantly do a save as and either add or remove things that you need. So the more these things start to multiply, the bigger the problem and the headache becomes. Um, and if any common content needs to be updated and changed, well, now you're having to make edits across multiple Word documents or Google Docs or whatever you're using. So you get to a point where you practically have to keep a separate spreadsheet of where and what you edited and really map where a change may affect other derivatives that you now need to maintain, which can be a huge giant mess. So with conventional tools like Word, you're always editing and hand touching those end deliverables, which keeps an author stuck in that inefficient workflow. So then the advantages of topic-based authoring are that it makes revisions easier, that content can be repurposed. Can you talk a little more yeah. about yeah. these advantages? You're on the right track. So really the big advantage is that it really helps make content reuse possible. So so topics can, when, when they're constructed properly, again, without reliance on some other content for its meaning, they can be used in any context, anywhere that's, that they're needed and be maintained as a single source. So the whole idea is to only edit and update our source material. So when we, we want to get to a place Place where you know a particular topic describing procedure X only lives in one place, even though it may end up living in 20 different PDF files, and it may be slightly different in each of those PDF files. But when it comes time to make an update or an edit to procedure X, I'm not going to do a save as, which is that initial instinct and make edits. I'm only going to update it in one place. Great, great. So talking about the advantages, thinking now about what do you need to do to make this work? Because it sounds like as you've identified, if there are, are folks who aren't doing this already, that it's a big shift in thinking in the way you approach a document or, or I guess publication in general. What are some strategies that are necessary for making this work? One approach is to, is to really look holistically at all of your content. Perhaps take an inventory of what you have and maybe your overall content goals. Then kind of see how can you repurpose anything that you've already got. If, you've, if you're currently in a place where you're in this non-topic-based world, how can we take it and make it into topics? 
And so using a topic-based tool is a great place to start to make that process easier. And so being that, you know, we, we make great tools, I would be remiss not to mention using Madcap Flare as your topic-based content management system. So that's a really good thing to do is how can we get to a place where we're not copying and pasting stuff, what can we do to, to, to break things up? So Flare can actually extract all of your Microsoft Word content or content from other linear-based tools like FrameMaker. So lists stay lists, your tables stay tables, and we have the opportunity to break that linear-based content into individual topics automatically using the, the, the styles that you have in place in your document already. And so once we have topics, now we've got some chunks of information that we can work with. Now we can think about how to how we can manage that content so that if you're a single author or a team of authors, topics can be organized and found quickly. And again, Flare makes it easy to manage this modularized content. Okay, so we repurpose what we've got. We have the opportunity to create new topics and new content. Then we can start thinking about content duplication because maybe you were in a place where you were maintaining a lot of different Word docs and maybe there was a lot of stuff that was common across all of them. Once you're in a topic-based world, now we can look and see, well, where can we minimize some of this stuff? And if you're using a tool like Flare, you could even go a step further and create subtopics called snippets, which are reusable chunks of information that you may have to use over and over again. Perhaps this may be a series of steps that are, that are the same across all of your content, or maybe it's even a sentence like, you know, if, if you're documenting software, sometimes you see from the file menu select, you know, it's, it's a chunk or a sentence or even content in line in a sentence that is used over and over. And so these little chunks can be configured as subtopics, which we call snippets, and inserted into your topics by reference so that if there's any change to one of those steps that you use over and over, even just a word change, yeah, everywhere that snippet is used, the content updates automatically, which can save authors a ton of time and reduce a lot of that duplicate stuff. I have another question. So is part of the strategy for topic-based authoring that there's kind of a, a standard structure for topics featuring the same kind of content? Is that correct? So in other words, procedure topics would all be structured in a similar way. And is that is that something people usually do? Um, I think so. I, I think that the nice thing about something like Flare, for example, is that it, it gives authors the flexibility to design and organize their topics any way they want. So I, I, it's, it's, it's common, though, to incorporate some kind of structure like that. So you've got reference topics, you've got procedural type topics, kind of following an element of structure without the rigidity, maybe, of something like, like Ditta. So Great, great. Well, thank you so much. This is a very helpful, and I think it's a good introduction to people who are maybe thinking about making the switch or just want to know what topic-based authoring is. So thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was, my, it was a pleasure. I appreciate it.